0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's up, man?
1: What is going on, dude? How are you,
0: dude? I'm uh, truthfully, arrogance aside, cockiness aside, um, confidence aside, I'm just like on a football scale, all time high. This is this is a great yeah. feeling all the way around. I feel like my teams are playing great ball right now. Um, lots to be excited about, both collegiately and um, professionally, and yeah, I love football right now. Football's a good thing. Heck yeah. What about you, man?
1: Well, I mean, Michigan wins a Big Ten championship. Uh, Manchester United win their first game under their new coach. And then the Steelers pull off a, well, what would be a big upset, but, I mean, a really good game, and uh, they won it. So, 3-0 three, three and oh on the weekend, that's always a great feeling coming into Monday and Tuesday starting your week. So, I'm right there with you, man. I'm feeling real good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to kick things off talking a little bit about um, Patriots Bills Monday Night Football, and I feel like there's a lot to get to with this game. But briefly, if if you for some reason live under a rock and you're listening to this podcast, um, the Patriots and Bills played in a basically a wind monsoon, uh, 55 mile an hour gusts, 30 mile an hour winds pretty much the whole game, and uh, snow flurries, whatever. Low scoring ended up being 14 to 10. New England busted off a long touchdown run. And from there, basically played ball control. Um, Mac Jones went two of three passing, uh, but didn't throw his second pass until I think the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, after throwing only one through the first three quarters. So uh, first off, we both predicted the Patriots to win this game. Uh, I think it was a lot different than both of us thought it would look. What were your initial reactions to the Patriots picking up a Monday Night Football win?
1: Um, well, first, I guess I'll say it's expected. I just think the Patriots from top to bottom are a better football team than the Bills. Um, what to make of how it was played? I guess I struggle with that because you don't see games like this. I mean, 30 miles an hour, 30 to 60 mile an hour wind constantly right down the middle of the field. Um, one team tried to play it like it was a normal game, and one team threw out every script to every game because this isn't like any other game and decided we're just going to run the ball every play. And maybe that played against the Bills a little bit, thinking, okay, at some point it's like, which one's going to be the one where it's play action? So, you know, like there's so many runs. I mean, the people at home had to have been waiting for it. When's When are they going to pull, you know, pull the cloth out from underneath the table and boom, there's going to be the pass? just never came I mean one of the passes was literally a screen like you just dumped it off so I mean they literally ran all games straight up imposed their will and I you know this the Patriots had one breakout touchdown run and uh Nikhil Carey tried to catch a ball with his face real quick and that's how the Bills got their touchdown so you could argue both touchdowns were a little fluky considering they were so like out of nothing but Let's call that even the Patriots were still the better team. Uh, I think Nick Wright had a fantastic quote when he said, you know, Bill Belichick coaches every game as if his family has just been kidnapped. And the only way to see him again is to win that single game. He is the only coach. It seems like to me that the team may or may not have an identity. He goes into each game with a completely new game plan specifically designed to attack your weaknesses and take away your strengths. And fortunate enough, the win took away most of the Bill's strengths. He didn't need to do that himself, but not a lot of coaches call engage eight on that last play and leave every corner ISO. So there was just a lot of like, wow, this game's just different in many ways, but this is a game where you throw out statistics and you say, who's going to do something to win the game. Patriots did. And although it was kind of a weird game to watch, the result in the end is what I thought it would be, a Patriots win.
0: Yeah, I thought New England would win this game. And as it got closer to game time with all the the wind gusts, I thought to myself, yeah, I, th- I really thought New England was going to win the game. And the only thing that I thought would be the X factor in New England not winning the game was Josh Allen's legs, which you could argue weren't really a factor. He had a, I think he had a couple of different scrambles. There was one scramble. I hate blaming refs. There was one scramble where he is clearly going for the first down. The new England defender pushes him out of bounds and they throw a, um, unnecessary roughness flag that gave Buffalo the first down and uh, allowed them to get the extra field goal. I was furious on the call. I didn't understand it, but regardless going back, I was more impressed with this win than I thought I would have been. And the reason is, is, it says a lot about a football team when you said it earlier when you impose your will. New England ran the ball, all but three plays. There gets and it's it's very clear on film. They started to sack the box. They understood, okay, New England's just not going to throw the ball tonight. It got to that point once you, into the second and third quarter. They just understood we're no longer going to try they're not going to throw the ball. You couldn't stop them. They were still getting their yardage, and it's like. In my opinion, that says a lot about a team's running game when it's like, well, you know we're going to run it, but you're not going to stop it. They were able to get field goals. They were able to obviously have the one big run, as you alluded to, which is definitely one of those things where maybe you throw that out the window, but um, Damien Harris ended up getting hurt late in the game after a big run. I just thought New England defensively put up a masterpiece. Again, it's wind, so I'm not trying to say like they shut Josh Allen down, but he was 15-30. to 30. Wind is obviously a factor, but at the same time, it's like they could have ran the ball, but what have I been saying about Buffalo now for a year and a half? They don't run it. They're not good. Um, right. And, and New England was the difference there.
1: It, it's, it's a little bit of a question mark. On, uh, I know you're trying to keep up with today's league, per se, but you know, Buffalo's built their team to really not be successful in their home environment. You think about how much football matters this late and getting off to a bad start could just nip them in the butt again. I mean, the Colts went up there and jo- Jonathan Taylor had five touchdowns on, on the Bills. And then you have the Patriots who run 45 or something like that plays and and they're able to come away with a win. And it wasn't pretty, but the the Patriots, aren't interested in pretty wins. Everyone knows that. And I feel like a lot of teams wish their team were, you know, a lot of times you watch a game and you say, Hey, if that's what that team's good at, why wouldn't we try and take that away? You know, given in the Patriots, just don't do that. So the wind was something, the game was something, not throwing the ball, throwing the ball, running this and that. But in the end, there is one stat that always matters. And it was 14, 10 for the Patriots. And in the end, I'm not shocked. i I will say I'm shocked that they're number one in the AFC. However, where their record's at, I kind of predicted. I just thought there would be teams with better records at this point in the AFC. But where the Patriots are, I thought I, I looked at it very objectively looking at their schedule. And I didn't think nine and four was something I would be shocked with. And I'm not. However, I just, I'm a little shocked that the the Chiefs, even the Bills, maybe the Chargers, Ravens, the Ravens. tight. Titans got injured. They were on a roll, but say what you want. They're the number one seed. And if they lost that game, they would have been the number five seed. Same with the bills. So it's huge. They have a two game lead over the bills and they play the bills. Everyone's going to get to see them on a Saturday night. So they will be an ISO game and the bills. They've got the Buccaneers this week while the Patriots are on their bye, So that's not an easy game. So if they don't take care of the business against the Bucks, they could be looking at a real, real uphill battle here. And the Patriots, whether they get the buy or not, will at least host a playoff game or two. And that's scary.
0: Two more thoughts before we move on from this. There's been a lot of talk that New England was, was scared to let Mac Jones throw the football. I think Bill Belichick was scared to throw the football. I don't think it had anything to do with Mac Jones. I think he was scared to throw in a windstorm. Um, he also said in his press conference that had the score been different, they would have thrown the ball. They were prepared to throw the ball. They had passing plays called or ready to go. They didn't feel, based off the game plan, they needed to change anything because a they had the lead the entire game, and b Buffalo was throwing it and they weren't having success. And I don't think anybody's arguing Josh Allen's better than Mac Jones. So, and Stefan Diggs is better than any wide receiver New England has. It's just one of those things where. Bill Belichick won the game. That was a Bill Belichick game. Uh, yeah, he's, second,
1: he's the best coach in the NFL. Yeah,
0: not close. Second thing that you just uh, alluded to, um, the Bills are in trouble. And I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, rain on their parade, but they have Tampa. They have Tom Brady, whatever you want to say. Tom Brady's record is like 32 and three against Buffalo. It's very good. Okay. Um, it's the best single record any person has against any one team. Uh, it's even better than Roethlisberger over the Browns. It's very good. Bills have a challenge with themselves this week. Next week, they have the Panthers, a very winnable game. The problem is, is they must go 2-0 and in these next two games if they don't want New England to be playing for a t-shirt when they play in three weeks, a t-shirt meaning for the division title. Um, it, 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 this becomes huge for the Bills. They've... they've basically backed themselves up into a corner, and now they have two huge games for themselves before they play New England in late December. Um, one one little something. We're not going to get into it, but
1: just heed the warning. I feel like you're overlooking the Colts.
0: I'm not. Too easy. I okay. am not. Right. It has nothing have. to do with New England. New England can still lose to the Colts. It does not matter. That game actually doesn't matter. It's. I see what you're saying. It feels it's one hundred percent of the Bills. The Bills must go two and 0 for it to not be a t shirt game. It has nothing to do with New England. Right. New England I oh, okay. Good. Yeah. I am not overlooking the Colts, so I think it's gonna be a great game. Um it can't wait definitely, to it definitely helps the Colts that they're at home. Uh, but it helps New England they're coming off a bye. So huge, huge matchup on a Saturday night, by the way. It'll be the only game on so the whole world can see it. It'll be very fun. Um, one more thing before we get going. What was I just about to allude to?
1: Was it either Patriots Bills or did were you moving into uh, Steelers Ravens?
0: I felt like it was about the Patriots, but it doesn't matter. Oh well, moving on. So, Steelers, you just alluded to they got their big win this week. Uh, both of us predicted it. I think I was a little more confident than you were, shockingly. But um, Ravens went for two. First off, right call, wrong call.
1: Um, along with me not being confident. I picked them in my spread league and my straight up pickems league. I just have a hard time trying
0: to find the bias, huh? We'd do that no matter what.
1: Against the Ravens, you I just
0: have to pick well, your team, right?
1: It's it's just hard for me to find that balance between bias and fandom. Like it's hard. Like I I don't want to cross that line. But anyway, um, it was absolutely the right call. It just sucks that they're not as good as the Steelers. You know, that's just the only thing. So. I guess, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, so, their team's way too injured, and that's part of, you know, we'll get to it in our top 10s and things like that, but the Ravens are just, players are dropping everywhere. They were before the season, they were a little bit during the season, and they are now. Um, I will say this, you you try and win that game right away, because I feel like your chances of converting a two-point conversion with Lamar are higher than a coin flip, and both offenses were moving the ball pretty well. The only problem is, is you ran the play to T.J. Watt's side. I don't understand why you would do that. Maybe it's because Lamar's right-handed. But the play was blown up, forced a sidearm pass. Someone might say it's catchable, but players are running in right on him. Even if he catches that, it's who knows if he even gets in. But um, when he went for two, I didn't flinch in my living room. I was like, we expected this. Let's go. You know, Big players make big plays. Minka and TJ both were exuding confidence all game. Cam was having a good game. All of our big players were on point. And, of course, he's going to try and go to Mark Andrews on TJ's side. And, you know, players are going to make plays. So it was the right call. I don't think anybody should look twice on if it was the right call. It just didn't work out. And that's just football. Sometimes it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, 100% the right call. First off, I will never fault a coach for going for the win on the road. And I don't know why the idea is so taboo. Like, why is it taboo to have a team try to win the game? Like, why is it just expected that we're going to kick field goals to tie it at this point? Is it, am I missing something? Like, I think the only
1: coaches that do that are coaches that don't fear they're going to lose their job. So a lot of coaches go with the conservative pick. You look at Mike Tomlin, he's done that. John Harbaugh, he's done that. Sean Payton, he's done that. Bill Belichick, he's done that. Pete Carroll has done that. When you look at some of these coaches that are, like, new to the job or they might lose their job or maybe it's because of their quarterback, they'll kick the extra point and say, you know, over time it happened, you know, X's and O's didn't work out. But, I mean, John Harbaugh is, like, 50-50 or 51-49 shot at winning a coin toss. or we're 81% to get two yards. Like if I'm a Ravens fan until the ball hit the ground, I was very excited that we were going for two, you know, if I'm a Ravens fan and as a Steelers fan, I think it's kind of a tip of the hat. Like, let's go. You know, we've been playing the game. Let's end it right here at the goal line. Our strength versus your strength. Something's got to give. And uh, it ended up going the Steelers way. We'll see them again. I just don't understand how it doesn't matter what players are on the field. It's exhausting that it's always got to come down to less than like four points. Like, I just don't understand why that happens that way, but who knows? But it, a
0: point, lot of it, a lot of it has to do with at this point, John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin have been going head to head now, regardless 30, of who the quarterback is
1: 30 times. Last night was the 30th time. Mike Tomlin went up 16, 14. It was, uh,
0: so it was literally 30, a long time. These two have been battling in this league and, I mean both have super bowls both have division titles both have playoff wins I mean this is a huge rivalry we've we've argued about this this is probably the best rivalry in all of football and and rightfully so so um I just thought it was the right call and honestly it was almost really the right call because had he if he throws that ball just a tad softer it's caught and it's going in and it's and it's a W so um the one thing I will say is The Steelers continue to be a matchup nightmare for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has continuously put up subpar performances against them, and I don't think it's by accident. I think it's obviously a lot to do with the Steelers' defense and um, the way that Mike Tomlin just confidently calls games against them and isn't going to be intimidated by how Lamar plays.
1: The Dolphins committed a little more, but you have to blitz and force Lamar to throw. Your edges have to contain and you have to blitz. The benefit for the Steelers is that if they rush five, that means Hayward and Watt are one-on-one, which are both mismatches. So the Steelers have a luxury of doing it with less players, but the Dolphins showed, hey, we're going to take one guy out of our DB and we're going to have a safety blitz every play. And twenty, they won by like 15 points or something like that on a Thursday night. And I'm not saying Lamar can't beat that, because if he gets free, that's a lot of guys already behind him. But more often than not, you saw Lamar would move the ball down the field, Minka with a second interception or an interception in back-to-back games. He is prone to make the mistakes. The Browns can do that with Clowney and Garrett. Four interceptions, how they didn't win, I, I don't know. But the thing is, is there is a way to not beat or figure out Lamar. But that's the way to make it difficult. And if you're not going to play that way, he's going to run and and he's going to start to find his comfort, and you just can't do that. But the Steelers get a win while the entire AFC North is on a one-game losing streak outside of them. So it was a big, big win with the Bengals and Ravens going down. T.J. Watt, everyone's talked about how he's missed two games. Also in the game, he got hurt. It was at the end of the first quarter, so he's missed 11 quarters and leads the league in sacks by two. So he's just – it's so crazy to have someone so dominant so consistently on the defensive side to be able to change games. So, again, you ran the play and you turned right. I mean, T.J. Watt's right there. I mean, it's just right call, didn't execute. But this division's going to be wide open for the the rest of the year. Any one of these teams can still host a playoff game.
0: The one thing I will say, and I, I maybe you have it in front of me. Where, where are the Steelers at currently in the AFC standings?
1: They are third at six, five, and one.
0: No, that's the AFC North. Where are they in the conference? Oh,
1: they are eight. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but last time I saw it, they are the first team outside the wild card with the Bills and Chargers, and the Steelers hold the tiebreaker over the Bills.
0: Yeah, so you get the you get the Bengals one more time. You hold the tiebreak over the Bills. I don't believe you played the Chargers at all.
1: The again. They beat us twice.
0: Oh, okay. Yikes. Okay, sorry. But my apologies.
1: We we beat the Browns and the Ravens each once and got swept by the Bengals, but we still have the Browns and the Ravens each once. We have the tiebreak over the Bills, and we still play the Chiefs and Titans. Hard games, Titans are a little less hard without Derrick Henry and potentially without A.J. Brown or Julio, but at the same time, those teams each, all of them, are one or two games ahead, and we get to play all of them. It's all right in front of us. We still hold our own destiny. It just looks a lot more difficult than it is for some teams.
0: Yeah, and the Steelers would have the worst conference record of anybody except Kansas City that's currently in the playoffs. So they do have an uphill battle, but this is still very much a playoff contender in somebody to be taken seriously. So, um,
1: and who knows what, how the team's going to rally after Ben announcing his last year.
0: Thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause we're going to, we're going to shift to this. So obviously big Ben announces. It's going to privately, nothing's breaking news. Sheffler did report it, but Ben has not spoken on this except for his teammates, told him it's probably his last year with the Steelers. And, um, i think that's something to definitely rally around and that's one of the reasons one of the several reasons i picked them to beat the ravens but let's talk about realistic 2022 qb options for the steelers and what i wanted to do here is i wanted to throw out um some names so i have 10 options here and i kind of want you to give me an excitement level from 10 to 1 Yeah. okay um and feel free to elaborate too with it with the number as well but um it's definitely up for argument. Some of the the quarterbacks I may give and how they would be obtained. Okay. Whether it be trade, free agency, cut, released, whatever. Um, we'll save that from argument's sake. I'm just going to give you a quarterback. So we'll start here. Um, currently on the roster is your starting quarterback. So that could be either, um, Mason or Dewey Mason. Thank you. Yep. So Dwayne Haskins or, or Mason Rudolph, what is your excitement level going forward in 2022 with one of those two guys?
1: My excitement level would be a three. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say a one because fully handing over the team to one of these two, maybe they break through. Small chance, but maybe they could. Um, Physically, they have the tools, I believe, but I don't think either of them are starting quarterbacks in this league, and both of them are just hard guys for me to root for. Dwayne Haskins came from Michigan, doesn't seem like he takes those seriously. Ohio
0: State. Ohio
1: State. I meant to say Ohio State, sorry. Um, Mason Rudolph. It's just hard to root for that guy. I'm not going to go in any more than that. So, it would be a three, borderline two, but sad days.
0: Matt Ryan.
1: Um, Matt Ryan, um, it would be a... I'm going to say a three. Um, I'm going to say a three because... um, I believe it would just be a reoccurring Ben Roethlisberger. I think Matt Ryan's at that stage. Um, he's not very mobile. He would be really expensive, and he's already 37 years old. So Matt Ryan is good, and I, I he's doing well with the Falcons, and he's right now playing better football than Big Ben. But I believe he's not enough to get us over the hump. He's not young enough to be the future, and he's old enough to where it would just kind of be a Big Ben all over again. Um, so I would not, I would not like Matt Ryan, um, uh, 37 years old. He's going to be double the price of what big Ben was. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be super excited.
0: Give me at least a four. You got to accept him over Dwayne Haskins and, and Mason Rudolph. Come on.
1: There'd be cheaper options. And th- the quarterback's not going to be the difference maker with Matt Ryan. I don't think at 37.
0: Honesty. All right. Brad is your American Odyssey broker, guys. He never lies. I'm just trying to. It's all good. It's all good. Daniel Jones.
1: Daniel Jones has mobility upside, but I just feel like he has all the weapons he could have over there at the Giants. They've got a pretty good roster, and he can't get the job done. Um, How much does he. This one, I'll give a four.
0: There is a talk that his his option would be declined. Therefore, he'd be a free agent. Money would be obviously on the table.
1: I'm going to say a five because I wasn't totally against the Daniel Jones pick when he came into the draft as much as other people were. Five is not a great number either. But Daniel Jones is mobile behind a rebuilding offensive line. We're a running back team first with Najee Harris. Um, and he's got a great defense, but his turnover issues scare me. I don't think he's that big of a difference maker, but there is upside. Maybe he didn't live up to it because of the Giants. Maybe it's on him, but it would just be a five. I, I really wouldn't be. It would be. We'll see. It would be a. We'll see.
0: Tua to a tongue of Four.
1: Again, I. I think it's partially a four because I just don't see him leaving Miami.
0: Um, but he just no No, no, no. This happens. Okay. All right. Now I need you. To, I need you to give me the excitement level. Don't, don't put it off for your predictions. I, I, this is, this is, okay. this is your quarterback.
1: All right. Two is coming. I'm going to give it a six. I think two is showing great signs with an offense committed to his skill set. He has limited mobility, but enough. He uses his tight ends well in Miami. We have a great one in Pat Fryermuth. We have weapons on the perimeter. He'll still have a great defense. Um, I see Tua turning into doing good things here. Um, so I would be at a six with two. I would be more on the positive side. I think there's a lot of upside with him. I've been higher on him than most people, I think, in the past past few months.
0: All right, so I have 10 options written down. Of the 10, I believe those last four that I just led you, including the guys that are on the roster, are the least likely. But I wanted to get some names out there that people maybe aren't thinking of. Um, now I'm going to go with the ones that I think are just as likely as any. Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Um, I'm going to say a six, just like Tua. Um, the reason why six is... He can throw the ball really well. His arm, I like Jimmy Garoppolo's arm. Um, I think he's got leadership. I think he's very calm and poised. Um, He's not going to make too many mistakes. Um, It would just be injury. Injury is the only thing that worries me. Um, It seems like he's constantly missing games. And whenever Big Ben's missed games, our backups have been terrible. So the Steelers clearly are looking for that guy to be in there for a long time. Um, but it would still be on the more positive scale because he's not too too old right now. Um, how old is Jimmy thirty? So he's still got the better part of at least six to eight years left in the NFL. So um I think it would be a six. him and two are about the same for me. Different styles a little bit.
0: Very intrigued by this one. I heard this one today, and it's an it's a quarterback that I've always heard you speak somewhat finely of. Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Mitch Trubisky. Um, I would be. I think I would be. A, hmm, people are gonna think I'm crazy. I think I'd be a six. It's still better than than pop, than negative. Um, the problem is he can't hit the deep ball, and a lot of the Steelers' offense is predicated on the deep ball. I like his mobility. He's a big body. Um, I think he's had flashes of what he potentially could be in the right situation. The Bears, I mean, that was just a nightmare of a situation. Everyone calling for his head. They traded up, you know, in the draft to get him. So I think he was behind the ball. But he does lack throwing ability. But, I mean, maybe as a bridge guy to our next real franchise quarterback, he would be a better option than anything we have. So I would be at a six, but I'm not hoping to hear Trubisky's name.
0: All right, so um, like I just said, the first four I read, I, I don't put those very likely. Uh, Jimmy and Mitch, I think they're, I think there's a good chance of any, um, but these next four options I think are probably the most likely of any others. Okay, uh, quarterback from the draft. Now, first off, just knowing you're going to draft a quarterback, you don't know who it's going to be. Just knowing the the Steelers are saying we're not trading for anybody, we're going to draft a guy. Give me your excitement level.
1: Eight. I think there's a, I think there's a okay. few guys in this draft that could do it. Um, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter would be the top three on my list. Any particular order? Um, probably Matt Corral one, Desmond Ritter two, Kenny Pickett three. Um, I think Matt Corral is the most ready Desmond Ritter, um, sweet name, number nine, doing it for Cincinnati from Ohio. Um, cool story and Kenny Pickett, I, I think he's third on these quarterbacks, even though he's a Heisman candidate, but he's from Pittsburgh, he's already playing in the stadium. So, but, um, I would be very excited, especially if we got one of those guys in the second round. I don't know how likely that is. Haven't really dug into the draft, but. Anytime you draft a quarterback in the first round, you've got to be excited that you have a chance to have the franchise. And knowing that you drafted him, the organization really likes him and is behind that guy. So 8 out of 10 if we were to draft a quarterback.
0: Deshaun Watson.
1: 10 out of 10 if the, uh, if the cases are resolved. Obviously, that's a whole legal issue. But assuming he's going to play football and the, and the cases are gone, I mean, 10 out of 10, that's a guy who I've always put when playing as a top five quarterback in the league. He, he doesn't make very many mistakes. He's a magician in the pocket. He can pick up uh, trash yards with his legs. He can run designed runs. He can run an offense. He can throw the deep ball, the short ball. He's been nothing but an absolute all pro quarterback since he's been drafted into the league and he's only 26 years old. I don't care if you have to pay him. You can usually pay two guys top dollar: T.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson. Let's run it anytime you have a quarterback of that caliber. Ten out of ten.
0: Russell Wilson.
1: Ten out of ten. Um, I actually maybe put Deshaun Watson at a nine if we should if we should only have one ten. But these are the two guys that I'm really hoping to hear their name. Russell Wilson, ten out of ten. Um, he's still got seven good years left in the league, especially the way he takes care of his body. And for all the reasons I've said about Deshaun Watson, double down on it with Russell Wilson. Deep ball accuracy, mobility, read a defense, leadership, veteran you know presence in the locker room, has a great defense. And I know they're not the same caliber names, but look at it how you want. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are similar style receivers in terms of the routes they excel at and how they play. So Russell Wilson, I think, would have somewhat familiarity with the offense. And we can afford that guy because every single person on our offense is basically on a rookie deal or a one year deal. So we have all the we have a lot of cap space and I Russell Wilson, ten out of ten, man. Would love it.
0: Last one here. This is probably the name that everybody assumed I would have started with, but here we go. Aaron Rodgers.
1: We're going to go nine, eight to nine. I'm leaning more eight to nine than 10 to nine. Um, Aaron Rodgers, out of all the names, is the best quarterback you've just named. I I don't think that's crazy to say. Anywhere he wants, however he wants, from any position he wants, he is total magic. The only downfalls are he's 38 years old. So, like, how much time do you even have left to pay a guy like that? And secondly, he's an interesting attitude in your locker room. I don't know if he would gel with the guys in our locker room, especially on offense. I just think he would honestly come in and and really not get along with most of the guys. We have a lot of, like, guys on social media and younger and learning. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, is looking for that little side bit. Aaron Rodgers to the Saints is what I would think if the cap space could work. I think we talked about it briefly. It probably won't. But Aaron Rodgers, if he came, don't get me wrong, eight or nine, man. Like, let's go. We got Aaron Rodgers. But that means we have a two to three year Super Bowl run. I'll be more excited with Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, knowing that for the next eight to 12 years, we have a guy under center that can literally beat you himself. Even if the play calling's not right or this isn't right, that's not right can just do it. So those would be.
0: And you'd have the best quarterback in your division again.
1: Yeah. With either of those last three named.
0: It's been, it's been a while since that's been the case for you guys. So Uh, moving right along here, something I wanted to touch on. Um, So the 2020 salary cap was somewhere in the vicinity of, I believe, 198 million. Don't quote me, but it was right around there Uh, for the first time in a long long time the salary cap for this year dropped it dropped drastically Uh, currently sitting at 182 and a half million dollars that teams are using to spend it's projected to not only get back to where it was but increase to a record 25 million dollar increase to 208 so 208 million dollars it's the first time it'll be over 208 or over 200 million Um, lots of money to spend on average, so $25.5 million, um, just to put things in perspective, DeAndre Hopkins makes twenty seven this year. Tom Brady makes $25 million. That's a very good Pro Bowl player. Um, I don't believe there's a single corner in this league that's making over $19 million. So that's, a, that's an all-pro corner. I don't believe, uh, outside of Aaron Donald, I don't believe there's too many defensive tackles making that amount of money. I think T.J. Watt might be in that range. This is basically enough to go out and get an all-pro player. Um, lots of money. What is your opinions on the large increase?
1: I think you're going to see um, three different categories of teams over this next off season. The one is teams who don't know what to do with it. Like, where? what do we do with this? Maybe they don't go hard enough for free agents and it passes them by. They don't have the guys to spend it on, you know, those kind of guys who maybe pick up a plethora of players in the offseason with it. Um, The second thing is, like, teams like the Colts, who are projected to have the sixth most, I think they take a lot of that and pay their players that they have now. Offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, they have the stud corner and Kenny Moore. Teams who think they have a great roster and can really sure up their own before looking elsewhere. And then you're going to have some teams that are just big spenders, kind of like the Patriots were this last off season that, you know, Hey, we've got a core here, but we want to really put a lot around them. Or you look at maybe teams that are like, we think we're a secondary away from being a, uh, a Super Bowl contender and they go hard in those positions. But I think it's very exciting for the league. One of the things people talk about the NBA is their, you know, their free agency and their signings and players going everywhere. When it comes to trading, signing extending it's going to be a fun-filled offseason with a lot of Adam Schefter posts and Ian Rapp report posts being shared in the Real Talk Facebook page a lot of teams going to be sad that players walk but a lot of teams going to be happy that maybe they have that money to pay their guy now you know maybe the Steelers didn't know what to do with Minka Fitzpatrick but he's starting to come on late this season has a couple picks You can now pay your all-pro safety and keep him on the team. You don't really have to worry about that before going out. Or teams, I know I hate to use the Steelers as an example again, got to replace their quarterback. Let's go get that guy, trade some draft picks, and use this salary cap to take care of the most important position on the field. So it's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of extending, a lot of signing, a lot of free agents. But, man, it's just good for the league. The more money teams have, the more they can pay players, the more flexibility they have with rosters, and it's always exciting.
0: Yeah, yep. You nailed it on the head. I think it's power ranking time.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you think? two things. Two things first. Me. One with the Steelers, a dark horse guy that I would be at a seven 4 Oh and yeah, yeah. If Taylor Heineke got away from Washington, like I said, I don't think he's the best quarterback, but he's younger. And that dude's a warrior. I just love watching him fight every Sunday. And I think he's just got some kind of quality that, like, you can just attach yourself to that guy and really root for him. And I think that's half the battle when looking for your quarterback.
0: Second thing. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you sorry. brought him up. Real quick. I'm glad you brought him up because, first off, I didn't even think of him. Um, does he not just fit Pittsburgh's mold? Smash mouth, tough as nails. Hey.
1: I think, I think there might be a second guy, too. Either of those Eagles quarterbacks that get let go. Minshew, Hurt, Heineke. I think those are okay. three guys from the NFC East, that Washington, Philadelphia. They're in the area already that I think that could come in and really capture the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're not the Big Ben style 6'5 guy, but they all have a little bit of mobility, which I think the Steelers have been lacking at the quarterback position. They all have NFL starting experience and they're all waiting for an organization to really commit to them. Maybe the Eagles have with Hurts, but after this last performance, is there a little bit of Minshew mania creeping in? But I think if any of those three guys walked in, they would immediately be better than Rudolph Haskins, and yes, it'd all be affordable and young options if what the reports are true that the Steelers do not plan to go through the draft. They want something that they've seen on the field. I don't want like a Drew Lock or Teddy if one of those guys leaves. But um Heineke, Hurts, Minshew—if somehow Derek Carr gets away from the Raiders, those are a lot of guys I've also thought of in the mix.
0: Okay. Uh, well, let's uh let's get down to the power rankings here. I uh going through this week, I'm I'm all over the board. There's teams that probably shouldn't still be there, but the record state otherwise, and there's teams that maybe had some momentum and then lost and. I'm all over the board, but here we go. I feel like every week it's really hard to give a 10th spot and then drop that team out. So what I've been doing these last couple weeks is I've either been giving an 11 team power rankings or I've been doing a 10 slash. I'm doing another 10 slash this week. Uh, Tied at 10. A better football team in a growing football team, just because I didn't want to leave a really good team out, but I didn't want to leave a hot team out. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Tied at 10, I have the Baltimore Ravens, and I have the Washington football team. Washington football team is red hot. You just talked about it. Taylor Heineke, that defense, um, a team that I have basically dug my foot in and said they're not very good, they're not improved. Well, They're catching fire, just like they did late in the se- uh, season last year. They're, they've gotten much better. Um, I believe they are currently just on the outside looking in of this playoffs, about the eighth seed. I'm sorry, they're the sixth. They are currently a playoff team. The Washington football team, I repeat, is currently a playoff team. And the weird weird thing we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the Ravens, they've only played one divisional game and they won it. They're out of win uh, four they've won 4 in a, Have their schedule in a row. Hit me. Hit me. Let's go. You know we Cow- love doing this.
1: Cowboys
0: winnable. Eagles winnable.
1: Cowboys.
0: Okay, stop right there. So right there that's all we need to know. Those next three games determines the outcome of this season. Period. Period. But keep going. Cow- Cowboys. Eagles, Eagles. Cowboys. Cowboys. Eagles. <laughs> Stop it. You, that's not their schedule. Giants.
1: So their last five games, all in division. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. That's their last five.
0: This team legitimately holds their own destiny. They have nobody to blame but themselves if they don't make the playoffs.
1: They have two games behind the Cowboys in record six and six to eight and four, and they play them twice. It is they control their own destiny.
0: One hundred percent control their own destiny. Keep going. Um, Absolutely wild. So I have them tied with the Ravens, who, despite a loss, okay, they're still eight and four. Weirdly enough, they started one and zero in their division, and now they've dropped two in a row. Um, but they are five and four against the conference. They are five and four against the conference. And at this point they're worth being number 10, number nine. though, I was super impressed with this team over the weekend. The chargers. They've been so up and down. We've been super high on them. We've been super low on them. I think I'm just starting to get lukewarm with them. They're a good football team. And when they don't have a defensive lapse, they're hard to beat because they score on just about everybody. Um, I like them at nine. They're currently a playoff team, by the way. Uh, Sitting, they're the five seed. Sitting at number eight on my list. I can't leave this team off, even though they're the most decimated team in the league. They still have enough wins to brag about. It's the Tennessee Titans. They, They definitely have a case for being off the list because it is a power rankings. But as of right now, I have to have them at eight. Number seven, number seven, the L.A. Rams. Jeff, they only beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know, I know, but they are the Rams. They are eight and four. Um, I have, I have high aspirations. I I haven't lost hope like a lot of people have. Okay. Six, Dallas. This can very quickly get Dallas out of the top 10. If they're playing Washington over these next couple weeks, they got to put Washington away. If they stomp Washington this week, They're probably going to move up in my power rankings. Truly, that's where I'm at with this team. They're good enough to beat anybody. We'll prove it because now it's put up or shut up. Number five. The reason I haven't crowned this team like everybody else, and I stated it earlier in this pod, I don't think anybody caught it. The Kansas City Chiefs are three and four against the AFC. I have them at five. I don't think they're back like everybody's been saying. They have won five in a row. But they're eight and four on the year, and three and four against the conference. They're going to have to beat to get to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, they've beat Washington, Giants, Packers, Cowboys, Eagles. So they're five and zero. Oh, is that right in their record? They're, they're they five. They swept
0: and the and NFC East. You know how many other teams swept the NFC East in twenty twenty? Tons. Like and they beat and they beat the Packers without Aaron
1: Rodgers. I.
0: So, obviously, they only got five NFC teams to play, right? And they went 5-0 yeah, and 0 right. against them. Right. That's huge. But they can't even beat the teams in their conference that they're going to have to beat to get to the Super Bowl. I don't love them. I'm sorry. I'm, I haven't met five, and you're like, well, Jeff, you're – I'm just not ready to crown them. They're a good football team. Obviously, they beat they beat Denver the other night, who, I mean, to be honest, I've been pretty fair. I haven't been high on Denver this year. I don't think that's a great win. I don't know. I think their best win to date for me is probably the Raiders. And what are the Raiders? God, I don't I don't know. I I don't know. I just I have them at five. I'm probably contradicting myself. I should probably have them lower, but um if they play the Chargers again, what happens if the Chargers run them? I, that's just oh. where I'm at. Regardless. Well, there's, we're gonna, Go there's five games.
1: Raiders, Chargers Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. All teams trying to scrape into the playoffs in the AFC. Three three of them in division.
0: Here's the thing. They have five games left, right? You just said that. Mm-hmm. Three and two. This is a good football team. Two and three. They're not. Sorry. You lucked out by going five and only against the NFC. You go two and three in your next five and you get in the playoffs, which they would. They would get in the playoffs with 10 with, with the way the AFC is. They're getting in with two wins, two more wins, but I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb and, and crowning them like everybody else is. I'm just not there. Um, four green Bay. Um, uh, they're on a buy this week, but I think I had them at four last week. I keep them here. They're just as good as anybody. Um, I just don't like them over these next three teams. Number three, Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, after beating the Colts in a comeback from behind victory, Tom Brady just owns the Falcons. This is what he does. It's He owns the Bills, he owns the Falcons, he owns the Jets. It's just it, it is what Tom Brady does. Um I have met 3 and they seem to be as healthy as they're going to be this year. Probably not going to see Antonio Brown more stories on that to come. Number 2, New England. I didn't want to move them into the top spot cuz I don't think they're better than the first team. I almost moved them down, but as I alluded to to start the show, I was so impressed that The entire stadium knew they were going to run, and the Bills had no answer. Um, New England's going to play them again in a couple of weeks. I don't know what's going to happen with the Colts game, but I think New England will beat Buffalo again. So I got them at two. Uh, Number one, did we miss Kyler Murray? (laughs) Dude comes back and just balls. I mean, (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins comes back and just balls. I mean, legitimately... If we doubted that this team wasn't the best team, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins took a month off, went on the road to Chicago, and just balled up Chicago. Like <laughs> they just, oh, uh, the Arizona Cardinals—they're such a fun team. First off, I'm happy for the Cardinals. It's very seldom they actually have a really good team, um, and they have a really fun team to watch—a team, a good team, a team that you can feel good about rooting for. Um, Cardinals at one.
1: All right. Well, we've covered a lot including a lot more than just our Real Talk rankings. And we're about to hit our hour mark, so I'm going to kind of be brief because I I looked at this for way too long to not have a definitive top 10. I we, we post so much, or at least I do, about how even the AFC is and how many teams there are. So I honestly, and this might be crazy to you, but from 7 to 16, okay, you do your 10, 11th, Seven to sixteen. Put them any order you want.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Cowboys,
1: Chargers, Rams, Bills, Ravens, Titans, Washington, Bengals, Steelers. Put them in any order you want, and I can't argue with you. I just can't do it. The Cowboys that took a step back because they were injured. If they start to rally some wins again, including the two Washington games they've got coming up, they will ex they will excel past that. But at this moment, I there's nothing every team's beaten every team, every team's lost to this team, this team can't run one week, can the other, shut out a team, allow 30 the next week, score 16, score 32. I just, I really can't definitively say what team's better. And it's a blessing because watching from a neutral perspective, these games are just impossible to call, but I'm just going to put that as seven through like 16. You can just do what you want with those. However, with my top six personal. Personally, I feel these are the top three teams in the AFC and the top three teams in the NFC. Number six, I have the Colts. Okay, you guys can look at their last month, what they've done after their slow start. The Colts have an MVP candidate at running back. They travel, their defense is playing amazing, their run game. They have the best O-line in the NFL, I believe. Carson Wentz is playing well. I think the Colts are the third best team in the AFC. And I can't wait to watch them play the Patriots. But, again, we talked about what was going to happen the first five. It happened. And now, although the schedules aren't the same difficulty, they are only one game behind the Titans. Moving on to number five, I have the Chiefs. Like you pointed out in their schedule, there are some reasons for this and some reasons for that, why they're scheduled the way it is. But their defense, um, I believe I have the picture here, if I can pull it up fast enough. It's been good. Yeah, since week six, the Dolphins have allowed 16.8 points, Patriots 14, Chiefs 13.7. Now, I know opponents can be opponents, but they've still held their opponents in the last, like, eight games under 14 points. That's amazing. We're still waiting for that offense to go off like we hope it or we think it's going to. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But right now this defense has been playing – Really, really well. And I know maybe that's contradictory because maybe some people listening are like Brad named off like eighty four teams at the beginning, and the Dolphins weren't one of them. What the heck's going on? They beat the Texans, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Giants on their five game winning streak, and upset the Ravens. Kudos on the Ravens game. Texans, Jets, Giants, Panthers.
0: Correct me if that- I'm wrong. Wasn't the the Ravens the first one of those teams?
1: No, it was Texans, Ravens, Jets, okay. Panthers, Giants, okay. and now they have the Jets again. Then the Saints, who can't win without Jameis. Then they have the Titans, who might not have Derrick Henry, and the Patriots, who may have the number one seed locked up. So who knows what's going on there? Giants, Dolphins.
0: New England doesn't rest starters, though. Yeah,
1: okay, they, but they, either they way, notoriously
0: don't rest starters.
1: Either way, so have,
0: team, they'd have to play that one.
1: This team is what six and seven, and,
0: and they they're on the hot streak
1: with. Jets Saints coming up next. They could be 8 and 7 heading into their last two games. So,
0: is there a chance? Is there a chance talking about Miami here that we overlooked how hard their schedule was to start the year like the Colts and we gave them not enough credit and now they're playing bad teams and they're beating them? Or do you think they're just beating bad teams?
1: They lost in overtime to the Raiders and they lost to the Jaguars by 3 and they lost to the Falcons by 2.
0: I'll shut up. <laughs> I don't know
1: i mean it's it's a it's a real like dang man dolphins missed an actual opportunity with this schedule i think you know
0: yeah. on
1: those three games raiders falcons Jags, if they win one of those we we're talking about a 7 and 6 team going into these games so we'll we'll forgive the dolphins but i just wanted to clarify that cuz i know i went through a lot of teams some people are like you know the dolphins in the top 16 they really uh they're playing well right now but let's move on um number 4 3 and 2 we got Uh, Four, Tampa. I mean, they're as consistent with Gronk in the lineup as you could be. It's funny that we – they're both 80 in combined age, and we don't talk about Mike Evans and Godwin even. It's just Brady and Gronk doing the thing. Occasionally he'll give Fournette a bone, and the defense does their thing. This team's got what it takes to win. They've got Brady. They're going to be there in the end. I have them at four. Packers at three. I believe they may have the best team, but they were on a bye, and I saw two other teams do some stuff this weekend, so we forget about the Packers for now. Number two is your only double-digit win team in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I do think they are an amazing team and have every right for number one, but the Patriots are on a seven-game win streak. Half the, that's the tiebreaker. They've won seven straight rookie quarterback. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Stephon Gilmore is not playing. What are we going to do with him? Okay, we got our team. Win, 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 win. And two of their losses out of four are a buzzer beater to the Cowboys and a buzzer beater to the Buccaneers, two teams a lot of people value very highly. So I just think they have the best coach, arguably the best defense, arguably the best special teams, and a quarterback who's playing clean, good football. And he's more healthy at this moment than Kyler. Doesn't take hits like Kyler. And they're just robots in New England. So give me New England at number one. But I believe those are your top four in any order. Patriots, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks. I personally think the Colts and the Chiefs are the two best teams in the AFC outside the Patriots. But again, outside the Patriots, 12 teams have somewhere between six and eight wins tiebreakers everywhere five games still have to go a lot are in conference and it's just going to get crazier and crazier
0: last thing for we had we had out here yeah um by request we've been asked to cover thursday night football matchups um it just so happens that the last couple have included our teams but uh steelers at vikings this week steelers coming off a pretty big win vikings coming off a uh Yeah, it's a bad loss. They lost to the Lions. They gave the Lions their first win of the season. Um, Where are you Um, at on this one?
1: One team tied the Lions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, realistically looking at it, the Steelers are playing pretty good football. They've lost some games, sure. But outside of playing the Bengals this year, they've played every game good. The Bengals seem to have their number this year. Pains me to say that. But the Bengals have beat us twice and by many a score. So you look at the Vikings, Delvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen, out. Their best pass rusher, Danielle Hunter, out. Their best middle linebacker, Kendricks, out. Patrick Peterson, their best corner, didn't play last game. Uh, I think it was another guy. I don't know if it was their second safety or their third corner, but one of their top two corners remaining was out. The Vikings are hurt. Kirk Cousins is a statue. T.J. Watt, Harmon, Minka, a pick in the last two games. The defense is playing well. Big Ben in the farewell tour gets to play an injured, weak defense that seemingly gives up a ton of points. I can't wait for the Steelers to beat the Vikings pretty big on primetime football. Kirk Cousins already shrinks in the spotlight. I think the Steelers actually, three weeks ago, I would not have been this confident, but the way things are shaping up, the Steelers, I believe, are about to go up. I think the Steelers are going to beat the Vikings, they can play the Chiefs head to head, I think, very well the way they're playing right now. Titans with no Derrick Henry, give me that one too. Browns, give it to me. Ravens, give it to me. You know, I forget who said it on our Good Morning podcast, but he said, it Tom. Tom, he, um, he said, Steelers went out, man. I'm looking at the schedule. I think at worst we're three and two, and I don't think one of those losses are the Vikings. So I can't wait to see what the Steelers do. Hopefully we sneak in the playoffs. Can't wait to see how that goes. But Bengals, Joe Burrow, hands the size of a bowling ball. Ravens, people are starting to blitz Lamar Jackson, teams on the down. Browns, quarterbacks should be basically in a wheelchair. The man's just hurt all over. Steelers could still do this thing, man. We could still see a Heinz field game in, in January in the playoffs.
0: Well, I I feel like I brag about this. and I'm going to have to actually look up what my record is um, calling Steeler games this year because I feel like I've been really good at predicting them. But I'm taking the Vikings this week. Vikings are at home. Uh, They just come off an embarrassing loss. And I just don't think that the Steelers have. First off, Madison is an underrated replacement for Cook. And Justin Jefferson has been absolutely terrific. Uh, Kirk Cousins on a Thursday night does worry me, but they're at home. Um, Steelers may be overconfident in this one. I like the Vikings to pull off an upset 24-21. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <That hurt. laughs> I am going to look up what my record is predicting Steelers games this year because um, I feel like I have bragged about it, and I'll post it on the Real Talk page for anybody that cares. So um, hey, that's the
1: Steelers, uh, I don't remember what the spread was. I think it's like three and a half. Steelers are underdogs this Thursday with a better record and a more healthy team going to Minnesota this Thursday yeah. night. They're three and a half points, I think.
0: Minnesota is a tough place to play. This.
1: We talked about that the home teams are three points in the spread. So they're 0. .5. They're basically in this. Yeah. But yeah. Big Ben farewell to her.
0: Hey, that's that's huge. That's some juice, man. That's some juice. Well, guys, we went almost an hour. Um, it's been real. We gave you everything we got. Hope you guys dug it. Uh, catch us Sunday for the live show. Real talk.
1: Yep, go Steelers, baby.